can you dig it, bookworms? Welcome to another episode of Nachamon's Book Club Podcast. I am your host, Josh Martinez, along with the co-host, Ray Martell and Lauren Dewey. We say, what's up, guys? What's up? What's up, what's up? All right, and today we are reading A Brave New World. For those of you just tuning in, what we basically do is we take books, um, popular books or lesser-known books, we read them and review them and just kind of give you guys a summation for those of you who haven't read them or read them before and just want to hear a different opinion on them. Uh, I know last episode I did tease a little bit of uh, trivia and uh, this is where we reveal it. So, actually, this book was the first unofficial episode that we ever recorded. Uh, we actually, we did it, we sat down, we nailed it. I thought it was one, of, it was great for our first time. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> we, we did a trio high five afterwards. It was great. We <laughs> stayed in the air for like five seconds. Uh, it was Super great. Cute. But uh, I think the next day at one o'clock in the morning, <laughs> just as I was editing, I was almost done. The fucking app crashed on me. <laughs> and uh, it split our hour and 25 podcast into hundreds of hundreds six second clips. And I could not get it back for the life of me. And it was so embarrassing texting Ray and Lauren the next day, like, guys, I fucked up. All of the hard work that we did <laughs> is gone down the toilet. And it's my fault. I'm so sorry. And I was and like, Josh, you, you backed it up, right? You, on, a, on a drive? Well. <laughs> <laughs> define backing up. Uh, uh, define sex. I did not back up this program. Um, so that was very embarrassing. And I was for re-recording it, but Lauren and Ray are very wise and said it would be better to not sound like we were trying to recapture the same lightning bolt that we had. Um, so to give it some space, let it breathe. So we did do the last two books. And now we're back. This is Brave New World with the... Yeah. Uh, World recap. This is the director's cut, the rehashed one. Uh, so we're going back into it. Uh, I guess just what are you guys uh, reading it the first time and reading it back? Did you guys catch some new stuff? Um, I know I did for sure. We'll discuss it. Oh, uh, I mean, I feel like it was even more heartbreaking the second time around. Is it because you knew what was coming, or just because? I, I feel like I, I I knew it was coming. I feel like also. For for any reader, reading the book a second time around, though it seems redundant, it's like watching a movie for mm-hmm. the second time and going, "Oh my god, I didn't, I I I never even saw that, or that's so relatable. I understand that a lot better now." Exactly. Especially the 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 chapters towards the end that are more in depth, where they're having intellectual conversation about religion and government and happiness and and truth and beauty. It's it, you. It's hard to. the first time around it was kind of hard for me to understand everything that was Mm -hmm. going on but the second time I was able to pace myself and and understand where the conversation was going what quotes they were quoting from who they were quoting right 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 it was it was a bit easier yeah I agree I definitely understood it more it was more easy it was an easier read I didn't really read the whole thing I definitely skimmed it read my favorite parts or looked things up I didn't understand Mm -hmm. And for the first time reading it, I was kind of like the first chapter, kind of like drew me a blank. Like, oh my god, there's so much science going into this. Like, <laughs> I got a little mind grain. But yeah, definitely, I kind of understood like the authors, the way he wrote the book, like kind of like going from like one one part of the book to another. Like when he talks about like a scene with Bernard or a scene with Lenina, I kind of was able it was easier for me to kind of right like jump back going di- going the direction the author was going into. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think what made this book easier the second time was like you said there's there's literally it feels like this guy's teaching a science class oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. futuristic science class mm-hmm. and so reading it and all the different things uh was a lot easier and digestible this time uh so basic summary before we go into it uh 
what this is, it's post-apocalyptic. This is literally uh, way ahead of where we are now. This is probably, I think we we can guess, like, in the year 3,000-something. 3,000? 3,000. Sure. Yeah, I agree with you. 300 million. And basically what has happened is uh, the world, is the world as we know it, has changed uh, completely. And for the better... He said with the question, because that's what we kind of try to figure out and ascertain from reading this book. So let's jump right into it. Um, literally in the beginning, it shows you that uh, time has changed. They don't do AD anymore. It's AF, which means after in the year of our Ford, uh, because Henry Ford is now like the god. The god. The god. The assembly. <laughs> he, he, he established the assembly line. <laughs> <laughs> Elon Musk. Um, oh my god. So basically, they introduce you to what is uh, the Willy Wonka of human beings, because now they're genetically engineering human beings perfectly. And I'm not talking about, like, they still use, they need female sperm. They need female ovum, and they need male sperm. These guys are literally in test tubes. They're manipulating it, and they're making, out of one ovum, over, like, thousands. Like, maybe 9,000. Yeah, that egg. tar, too, like, I totally mm-hmm. forgot about. I didn't realize... Half this population of this world. Everyone's twins. related. Yeah, that's, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't that's, make that up at first. Like, wait, what? That's exactly what I was like. I was like, literally, everyone that has sex in this book is having sex with their brother and sister, or with themselves, or with themselves. Essentially, <laughs> it's incest. It's not great. The world is inbred at yeah, this point. That I probably picked up the first time, but I don't remember. So re rereading, I was like, oh my god, that's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's and weird. It's 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 amazing to me that I mean, in inbreeding and in incest now, you you get so many defects out of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of those circumstances and it's it's they they keep such an eye and they pay so close detail to how they create these people that they're superb human beings or if they're lower in the caste system they're yeah because that's they don't live that long and they're brutes their their destinies are already um given to them before they're even conscious of what they're doing there's a caste system there's the alphas the betas, the gammas, the deltas, and the epsilons. And again, this is to me is just like Willy Wonka. And he's like, the alphas taste like alphas, and the gammas taste like the gammas. <laughs> oh, gamma? Whoever had of a gamma? Oh my god. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and what they do is, you know, like Lauren said, when it's in, it's you when it's usual incest. Not that we're incest on the show. But your regular run-of-the-mill incest, when pregnancy is involved, you are susceptible to hundreds and thousands of just different deformities. The chromosomes act uh, in weird ways. But because of science, we can now take out those uh, just those weird factors, and we can manipulate it to where we want. We can add uh, more more girth. We can add make this person taller. We can make this person shorter. We can make him smarter. They can add yeah. they can add a certain amount of alcohol to the test oh, yeah. tube mm-hmm. to kill their brain cells, like in, like fetal alcohol. So the drunker you are, and as a baby, the dumber you come out. And the mm-hmm. alpha and betas were the the ones that are good looking, tall, yeah. smart, right? So that fuck those guys. The gamma delta <laughs> kind of the. I think I feel like I'm the the poor ones. I guess. Yeah, I guess gammas are your it's your safe bed as like middle class, but then epsilons are like the working farmers. The, the, the epsilons is like slavery, pretty much. Pretty much, because they're just big, dumb, and physical. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like as, I mean, I, I hate to say it like that, but if you're an epsilon, you're just you know you're just all body, no brain. Um, and that's were they of, were they divided too, like in certain uh, sectors, or I guess like certain no, they're buildings? they're allowed to be amongst everybody, but just certain activities are only allowed part of your class. So, like, if you're an alpha, you could do whatever the fuck you want. You yeah. can fuck whoever you want. You can go to whatever club. Fuck, fuck whoever you want. <laughs> Beta's a little more restricted. Gamma's a little more restricted. 
deltas are way more restrictive than the epsilons. I think you can be out in public, but you can't do everything that. And then you're too busy working. Back to, to the alcohol alcohol. thing, I think yeah. epsilon and deltas got alcohol injected into them. I think those were like the two ones. They that they definitely they did, did because we'll mm. go back to why that's important in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but then what we realized too is um, they so after they're born, right? They do all the stuff, and then in the laboratory, what they do is as people grow up, they watch over the kids. And the kids are taught uh, in their sleep, called the Rabanovich, uh, the Rabanovich principle, whatever. It's just basically they mm-hmm. play these like sayings uh, in their head over and over again, so that they learn these quote unquote lessons on how their society runs, and they're used to it, and uh, all this fun stuff. But then also, what goes on and interesting is in chapter three, we're introduced mm-hmm. into what they call uh, they encourage erotic play in the children. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, because this whole society is about fulfilling whatever desire that you have. If you want to go watch a fucking movie, go watch a movie. If you want to have sex with this girl, go have sex or boy or whatever. Yeah. You know, they really don't and discuss. They, have... they really don't discuss if there's a guy on guy, girl on girl sex or, or all that. But <laughs> I guess fuck it, we can assume. I mean, it, they right? have orgy. <clears throat> they have orgies and orgy stuff. Porgies. Um, orgy porgies and and. That they have like an unlimited amount of birth control. It's it's just freely given. It's my question it, to that. I guess. Oh well, I guess I answered my own question in my head. But it was like because I was going to ask like, wouldn't they be able to well, take they can't away have kids? Right? I think I think they make the men sterile. They take out the ovaries mm-hmm. from the females. But yeah, and they extract. Yeah, so there it is. Yeah, that, I, I literally thought about that in my head. I was like, oh wait, that was like, shouldn't they manipulate this? It's, and it's like, oh no, wait, they, 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 they take the ovaries out. They thought th- of everything. I think there was also mention of like uh, some sort of like something that makes the sperm sterile like on their belt that they have or the women that the women have like a birth control attached to their belt yeah and i i knew that and then i know that a lot of the belts come with like condoms condoms so maybe Soma. they don't make men sterile if they still need condoms that's that's we'll undetermined see. oh but then no i don't think the men are sterile because we're going to reveal why yeah. that's an impossibility that, that's another thing i, I thought it at. was like a certain we're just a certain everything yeah. before we get to we're it. jumping all over <laughs> stay with us guys yeah we're chapter three right now okay, uh, so basically children are learning uh learning about their bodies and encouraged to participate which in, like, i think that's one of the things i agree with mm-hmm. is is important for people to know where they stand sexually mm-hmm. um not at eight. Not at eight. But <laughs> if you think about it, what's eight in our time and what's eight when you're genetically engineered? True. You know, because eight years old could literally be maybe they're 16. But they've well, only yeah, been they're... Like engineered. Are they even considered humans? Oh. Uh, too deep. This they is too deep. D- they, pull out. Pull out. Pull out. <laughs> they, did, they did talk then, about how they, they um, bred their humans to start as someone... As more of adults. That's what I read than, too. Than children. It's not so much like a children mindscape. It's more like, like innocence but, uh, than being too, a child. Like infants, they like shock them if they go near a book or flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, they, so when they grow up and they don't want to touch books or the Pavlovian experience, exactly. where like they relate uh, books and, and flowers mm-hmm. to like yeah. bad things, but mm-hmm. all the new technology that they're branding out, it's like, ooh, I want to buy this, or ooh, I want to travel here, and this, this, and that. Um, so it's very, it's marketing at its heart. Yeah, that and the whole point, the whole process of this world estate we'll go into later is like happiness. So like they're thinking that the controller wants to make this universe and, and to have everyone happy. And, yeah. And depending on what class you're in, this is, this goes along with when, while the children are sleeping, they tell them like what they, what they want and what they desire. It's like con- conditioning them. It's was a, that in chapter three or later on? No, that's you're, chapter you're, two. You're, you're, you're fine. This yeah, is, yeah, this yeah. Okay, really okay. Like Sorry. One, two, and three all together. One, two, and three. Yeah, the con- the conditioning is telling them what, basically what will make them happy mm. within what 
class they're in. Exactly. And it's 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 super creepy, but it's like kind of brainwashing. Enjoying. It is brainwashing. It's pretty much the brain. The brain is a computer, and they're just wiping what you organically learn, and they're just all pre-programming the the programs that you need mm-hmm. to function. Um, but what's interesting too is uh, the controller comes out, and we learn that in this world. Everything that we knew as far as like Shakespeare and pyramids, that's all gone. Religion. That's, odd. that's done with God's gone. Religion's no gone. Parents are gone. Portuguese, Spanish, Germany, those are all considered dead languages. Think about that for like three seconds. All the regular... Marriage. Marriage is gone. Um, Monogamy in any form. Shakespeare is gone. Any Love. Book. Anything Love is not real. Is gone. <laughs> Anything that can possibly end with you feeling badly is gone. Uh, because that's the whole the way the his that's the way this world works is that everything that you should be feeling should be positive should be happy and should be just carefree yeah. or anything reference with any of those things is forbidden right and so mm-hmm. what the world did in order to keep in order to keep stability in the whole world because now it's not just like countries and countries the whole world is all together in this yeah. there are what they call controllers and there's 10 of them and we meet the first one that's kind of in charge this all takes place in I think London. we only meet one don't we yeah we only meet the one and I would really love to meet the other one that was one thing that uh, was very frustrating about this book was that there's so many like open ended questions that I have about like yeah who what is this what is that um, I'm surprised he didn't war- write more books on like other worlds you other, would think or like yeah. visiting Brave New World yeah um, mm-hmm. but we are in London, and this is kind of where the first controller lives, and his name's Mustafa Mond, and he's the controller, and he kind of talks about how, uh, you know, yeah, all of that is the book, this is the, the future of now, um, and this is what we're doing, and it's a very good success, and we are going to keep doing what we can. It's stable. Yeah. And so we're introduced to Bernard Marx, who is one of our main characters, Lenina, who is, another, who is our love interest, and her friend Fanny. Um, and Bernard Marx is considered funny because he's an alpha. He's he's technically an alpha, but he has the body of a epsilon or delta. I, think, I, th- I thought no. it was a beta. I thought it was a beta. Too. It's a beta. It's a beta. So they put a little bit of extra alcohol in his test tube accidentally. So he came out physically. <laughs> Don't we all do that sometimes? Cast, right? <laughs> he's a little physically deformed for his cast. We we <laughs> all <laughs> accidentally alcohol. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This guy's too short. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so he and because of that, because of everyone kind of like seeing him as like, oh my god, I can't believe you're uh, alpha. Like he's already felt like an outcast in his own perfect world. Um, and then, but I feel like he has the in the intellectual capacity of a alpha plus. No, and that that's it. He's an alpha plus. That's one thing that that's weird too. Is not only are you alpha, beta, whatever. There's pluses and minuses. So <laughs> it's not bad enough that you're one general thing. You're either less of that or you're more of that. God. Um, so Bernard is technically the top of the top because he's alpha plus. He's very smart. I think he's literally like maybe fourth in command kind of like as far as like where the knowledge tree goes in this book mm-hmm. um like underneath the mustapa and the director um it's bernard and then uh he's yeah so he's very taken taken by uh our our love interest lenina uh he he feels like he's kind of experiencing uh true love for her but lenina as we come to learn is a very uh sex she's positive she's a sex positive girl oh man. my god she's sex positive and well everyone is no, everyone, everyone is well that's the thing and she she doesn't know any better well because they don't know what a relationship is exactly they never yeah. had parents they don't they're... know yeah they don't know what love is but but we find out that lenina is 
kind of monogamously seeing somebody. Oh yeah, it's uh, Henry. Henry. Yeah. Henry introduced to the first chapter. Yeah, like, he he mm-hmm. works in the con- yeah. he works in the fertility clinic. Who well, I thought was who I thought was gonna be like our main character, but he's mm-hmm. very small. I thought he was gonna be a little bit bigger of a villain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, villain. He, yeah, because I, I just figured because. At he the start, sucks. I think it's gonna be. I thought it was just gonna be Bernard, Lenina, and the like their Henry. love, and yeah. then like I thought Henry would get in the way, but we are so so wrong. So wrong. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So so what's also too is they talk about like, have you had this person? Have you? Had oh yeah. This person? <laughs> and like they're so casual. Yeah. And he's like conversation. Yeah. And he's like, well, I've slept with this guy and this guy, but I haven't had this person. Yet. And she's like, oh my god, you've only been sleeping with Henry. What are you doing? <laughs> like, oh you? my god, you're gonna be looked at. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Uh, what's it's what I call it is Lenina is a regular girl in a Tinder world where oh. it's it's all everybody's that's, yeah right because we are living in a Tinder world and I am a regular. Don't talk anymore, do people no, just swipe? No, yeah, no, you're not even swiping. It's like, hey, are you down? Yeah, I'm down. let's do it. And I think I think that's what's it's weird because there's aspects of this world that I'm like totally down for, mm-hmm. like the disregard of like. I guess self-conscious like there's less self-consciousness yeah mm-hmm. um you know the whole like let's be totally comfortable with our sexualities let's talk about this let's talk about this but the control of it all I feel is what is like I don't I don't like that like yeah they're basically I don't even if the epsilons betas whatever class they're in or cast they're all slaves dude yeah they think they're free it's a control they freedom. think yeah, yeah. I they mean, think they're free controller for a reason he's controlling oh. this world Oh. Oh. <laughs> Who would have thought? Happy world. Yeah, his own definition. Who are you, dude? dude yeah, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Who, Who are, are you? The fuck are you? No, seriously. Who are you? Uh, <laughs> so then, chapter four, we talk more about Lenina, and she takes Soma, which we learn is kind of it's the best of the best. It's the problem of all of this, really. Yeah. This is kind of. They, the, I think he describes it as like it's better than cocaine. It's better cocaine and ecstasy. ecstasy combined. Damn. Uh, <laughs> right, right. You, you feel elated and hyper at the same time. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of the controller's way of keeping the people calm without them always interfering. Mm-hmm. So they—that's one of the things they learn from at an early age. What they sleep with—that is programmed into the head. Like, hey, if you feel any negative emotion, you feel any anger, any sadness, any worry, pop a soma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that is going to make you feel better and of course no one wants to feel bad because well, i think you realize like shit that i think it's impossible to make to, to not make people not them at one point in their life feel down or feel unhappy right so he realized that and that's when he like you know what solution soma yeah and that is and we learned that lenin just pops them like their pops candy like crazy. Mm. pops them like their candy um, and they do Which everyone does. Yeah, Lenina more so. <laughs> yeah, like, it's kind of no. like a problem with Lenina. Yeah. yeah, it's just when someone's out of their comfort zone or something doesn't happen or yeah, they just pops home. Um, and anxiety. Then Bernard is very against it. He likes what he calls. He likes to feel like himself. Mm-hmm. He feels like Soma takes him away. So Bernard's yeah. like, nah. He's and Bernard's also like a normal person, but I think it's because of his. Bernard just questions you know, reality. You know what's interesting mm-hmm. though? It's almost like it's I'm not sure if I'm going to articulate this correctly, but why do people feel the need to pop Soma if they're always supposed to be happy? That doesn't make sense I to think, me. Well, he, that makes we it. We go into that later on in the book. I think I remember him men- the controller mentioning it why like why he made Soma. Yeah, I yeah. Think without going too deep, it's because the only thing that the they can manipulate is the physical, mm-hmm. and the and the only thing they can manipulate is just what is already programmed in the mind. I think as human beings. Uh, 
souls and mm-hmm. and brain chemistry is just something that can never be ever be touched by science. So I feel like it doesn't it, matter yeah. where you are, that's always going to be a problem. Yeah, because it's he, human if, nature to feel the good because there the can't the there can't yeah. be dark without light. Exactly. exactly. There can't be you can't yeah, have a sunny day without shadows. And the controller and, doesn't and, get that. And, it, and well, he tries. He tries to manipulate. He tries to make it to where there's as little shadow yeah, as possible. Yeah. If you need to have so many soma to have sex with random people, then then you know. I don't know. I found I found that pretty. I, I think that was the second the second round I read it is like are I guess these people aren't as happy as they think they are. No, not at all. But they don't know that they're not happy. Yeah. yeah. It's just they they're just live in. It's a been code, it's you know? been labeled as happiness, but what what seems is like monotony every day yeah and i think to me Just that's complacency was like mind bending about it like i had to like keep reminding myself like no this is normal for them like yeah. this this to us it seems like wait they're literally drug addicts at this point mm-hmm. like they're so unhappy they have to take drugs but to them it's like no, no no we're happy it's just as normal as popping a like to them feeling anything bad is like having bad breath and they pop a gun and yeah mm-hmm. that's all that's how they think of these negative emotions which is super crazy and it's probably free right it's just it seemed like it was just there at all times. Yeah, like, like no one they, ever struggled. They always it. had it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have to go to another, like side dealing somas over here. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. Fifty grams of soma. Yeah. Like Twenty bucks. Um, so anyway, so then uh, we were introduced to Hemholtz, which is Bernard's friend, and Hemholtz kind of writes like I the, love this. I Hemholtz love him, dude. dude. I like him. Rose, I like him, him and Bernard both scoff at this utopian society. Exactly. They both realize the irony in it. But they can't do anything about it. There's something more. They think that they know that there's something more. Yeah, Hemholtz because Hemholtz is a writer, and Hemholtz is like, I'm not challenged writing these stupid basic soma lines because that's what he does. He's like a propaganda. Mm-hmm. They call him the propaganda artist, and that's they literally call their shit propaganda. Um, and Hemholtz is like, there's more to this. I know I can write something better. I just don't know what because he's mm-hmm. also never experienced it either. And uh, I think is it Bernard that says he has a feeling inside of him that wants to come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. So it's like Bernard even knows like there's something inside of him that he wants to feel. So then we go to chapter five. We realize that everybody that dies gets cremated. They don't have funerals uh, because that would bring on too many negative feelings. Uh, exactly. Funerals. And people would remember the dead. And, and it, would, it would also make people sad. Yes. Which is the whole point of this whole world. Exactly. Have them sad. And so because cre- cremation, so it makes it seem like they're being recycled. Now they're part of the air. Yeah. Everybody has their own place. Even when you're they, dead. yeah, their funerals are totally contradict what this world is. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. So that and because I think is it he flies over like the funeral stack or the and cremation. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like yeah. There's literally, so it's like they're shooting out dead people like every Ew, second. That's it's like so breathing gross. the dead. Um, I'm surprised crazy. no one had lung cancer. There's from only all friendship that. really mentioned this book. Wow, well, there's two. It would be like Bernard and Hemholtz and like Lenina and Fanny. Fanny. So, like, if one of them died, would they not feel anything, or they just kind of take soma? Well, I think maybe Bernard might feel so for Hemholtz. I feel like Fanny and Lenina are so bought in on They're everything. They're definitely bought in because I hate Lenina. Dude, she she gets a little uh, she gets a little annoying. Um, oh, yeah. She gets a little too much for yeah. me too. I'll explain. We're going. We'll get there. We're We're getting there. there. But chap- chapter five it explains kind of like more of the tech. Like they have this like color organ. That when it plays, it produces like sandalwood smell, and it shoots up these really positive lights and cool. Um, if you ever see Futurama, it's kind of like that. <laughs> um, uh, and then uh, they are big, like we said, they're big on safe sex. They talk about a lot of that too. But then we find Bernard; he's lonely, so he goes into this um, sex meeting, and it's for it's a meeting for people who have a hard time 
I guess having the confidence to go out and literally go up to a person and say, "You want to sleep with me tonight?" Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. So they meet in this room. Uh, one of the one of the girls he meets is Morgana, and Morgana. <laughs> I said I wrote down Morgana is a great name for a girl with a unibrow, um, <laughs> but she doesn't have a unibrow because they're all like perfect in this thing. Uh, but I was like, "Is this a cult or just a really weird like singles group? Or are they like weird swingers?" Um, and they start. What do they start chanting out? Like they start chanting out orgy, orgy, orgy porgy. Yeah, orgy porgy, for and fun. Kiss the girls and make them one. Boys act one with girls at peace. Orgy porgy gives release. So it's just a sexy nursery rhyme. Oh, yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> orgy porgy. Uh, but the thing is, he's, even in this, where it's four people that feel left out, he still feels left out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because they, yeah, at the end of this chapter, an orgy breaks out, and he just... He's the other helping him. Like, shit, I feel even more isolated than ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's feet like, like in the corner. He's, like, he's like, just watching the spectacle yeah. go he, through. He's just, it, it literally he's says. Like, he's in the corner, just, <laughs> just like, oh, oh, God. I hate my life. Like, it literally says he was utterly miserable and perhaps her shining eyes accused him. Perhaps it was his own fault. But the only thing he could think of was Morgana's eyebrow. Yeah. So I guess she did have like a yeah, unibrow. She did, so yeah, she yeah. did have a unibrow. She did. Defect. Which is, I guess, so she might have, she might have, she might have a Delta or a Gamma. Oh, um, and then one thing I wrote that was really interesting in this chapter, Big Ben is not Big Ben anymore. He's Big Henry. Big Henry. Henry. Big Henry Ford. So Henry Ford has literally took over. I get that Ford did a big thing. You know, he's obviously changed life forever with the car. Yeah. But to be seen as a god? Well, well, no, he created the whole system for how the they're line. made. It's true. The assembly line of test tubes. And I literally feel that was... Ford's biggest contri- contribution to society, other than the car, was the fact that he found a way to like make everything move quicker. Because not only fact, like well, actually, yeah, they, he kind of like not put out workers, but it, it took a little less people with that assembly line. Yeah, it took. Yeah. It, it, it didn't take like two people to do, and, and it didn't take them like a year to complete a thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. literally, they could put out five cars in a week yeah, because so. of this, and that's huge at that time. And remember, he wrote this like in forty something. So yeah. Henry Ford is still the shit. And people like would see whatever they would see across, they like knock off the top and just have like a T. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. Uh, which is. Crazy. Oh, yeah, if you said like doing the sign of cross, I'll just do, do a T. The T. Just the T. T bird, homie. So, chapter six Bernard and Lena finally get to go on a date. She um, thinks he's weird. And she thinks he's weird because she's always like, let's do this. Let's go see. Let's go uh, do this. Let's go see this feely. And Bernard's like, no. Bernard's like, I, I want to be alone with you. I don't want to be with people, which I get. I'm mm-hmm. like that sometimes. Like, I don't, you know, when I'm with my girlfriend, I don't want to go I out. I just want to be with you. <laughs> And then they talk about freedom. Yes. And how he feels trapped, and she just like, this is blasphemy. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You could go away for this. And there's a, there's a quote I wrote. Yeah, she starts freeing out. Like, you shut your mouth right now. Yeah, and she's like, I don't know why you're so upset. Everyone's happy. And I wrote this quote Bernard tells her, everyone's happy nowadays. We begin giving children that at five. But wouldn't you like to be free to be happy in some other way? In your own way, for example, not in everybody else's way. Yeah, like that's to me. I was like, I totally get that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I people. I think what the beautiful, the beautiful thing about society is that people can feel however they want to feel and do whatever they want to do by themselves. And that's what Bernard trying to show Lena. And like on their little day, like there's a take to like a leg or like other like in the forest or something. Like Bernard's kind of like taking in the moment, and Lena is just like, oh, what is? What are we doing here? Like, can we go back? Like, let's just take someone. Bug. No. Yeah. <laughs> she, she just totally doesn't. Mm-hmm. 
appreciate anything. And, and that's the thing. This conversation, while Bernard is talking all this deep shit, Lynn is popping so much like it's kidding. Yeah, like, not yeah. listening. She's like, it's like, I can't do this right it's now. It's like a parent talking to a kid and they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> I just want my kid in. I mean, I think also when he talked about how they ended up going to bed together and he was like related it to them just like being infants and having sex and she's like, well, wasn't it fun? He's like, Sure. Yeah, he goes. I yeah. wish, he goes. I wish sure. we hadn't had sex the first night, at least. And yeah. He, and she's like, Wait, what the about? fuck? She's like, what do you mean? He's like, I just, I would have liked to cherish it, yeah, like yeah. a little bit more. Totally understandable. Um, but that, that's what makes him seem weird in the society is that yeah. he wants this kind of, in our times, normal relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then what happens is he gets summoned by the director because he's going to go to New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we learn is that in New Mexico, there's this reservation they call it the Savage Reservation, and this is this is like a, a limited place where people are living outside of the war, the society, mm-hmm. right? So these are just regular people, um, and Bernard wants to go to they're study. Not, them. Yeah, they're not genetically engineered. People. They're not genetically engineered. They're not influenced by Soma. They they don't have to learn. They they're learning. They're living as we live now, pretty much. Yeah. As mm-hmm. and I don't mean like in the society, like with the cars and the houses. They're living like. Uninfluenced by anybody. Real, I mean, real honestly, there it's like it resembles a lot to like the Native Americans. That's exactly. In the, I was just about to say, like, yeah. they're like the yeah. <laughs> they're, they're they're what right on the nose on that metaphor. What the, the English, the French, and the Spanish all thought were were savages, but they were living a very normal life, life like living on their own, minding their own business, doing their own thing in a like a positive, healthy way, and then. Here we come. Bring the helicopters. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's, so that's kind of why Bernard wants to go study them. Um, study them. Yeah, that's what he says. And he's going to bring Lenina with him. And then we, we meet. Thinks a, we thought it was like an awesome idea. <laughs> we learned that. That's Dude, very like, incorrect. Just stare at the water Fuck or like the mountains. And she's having a terrible time. You want to bring her to a reservation. Yeah, like he's literally, he's, they're literally in a helicopter watching the waves and uh, he's literally like, she's like, look, look at how cool this is. This is great. And she's like, I'm, I'm tired of this. I'm sick and tired of this. She's like, take me back. Uh, it's like, dude, enjoy nature. Uh, but they don't. And that, this is where I hate. This is where I started to hate her, dude. Yeah, she gets. Little, she's the perfect example of like how brainwashed and like sucking her into this reality for sure. And as we get, she, I start hating her as we go on. But um, mm-hmm. he talks to the director, and the director's kind of underneath the controller. He's in charge of. He's kind of Bernard's boss. And uh, he's like, oh, you're going to the reservation, huh? And he, tell, he tells the story how he's been to the reservation, uh, and he took a date as well, and he lost his date. Yeah. Like, his date disappeared. Um, like, she fell off or something like that, right? Did she, is that what it's something? They were, so. they were going on an adventure? Or they were traveling? I, she never came back to camp? Yeah. She got lost somehow. The bitch is gone, I think, yeah. I, I think is the... No, he left her. He left her. Oh, that fool just ditched. He left her. Ah, he just said, "Ah, oh, that sucks." We'll uh, find out why later. Yeah, but yeah. That's, dun, that's dun, dun. This, this is like the first time where you feel any emotion from anyone in the world state. Because mm-hmm. I kind of feel like I can see him like talking to Bernard, and like he's probably smiling. He's like, "Yeah, I went, I went back there like twenty years ago with a girl," you know. And he goes into detail like how much he meant to him. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just any girl, and like this was a special trip. And then he, the director realizes, like, oh, my God, I'm talking too much. Like, And then he just starts attacking Bernard. Yeah. Like, you know what? Speaking of that, Bernard, you've been acting kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's about me. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, it's true, because this is the first time, like, especially as a director, he's like, I was in love with somebody. Or I had strong feelings yeah, for this person. You, strong feeling. I don't yeah. think he said love. But, yeah, there's like, holy shit, I thought this was forbidden. Yeah. And, and the then, director here, you know. And then he's like, oh, by the way, speaking of yeah. strong feelings. Oh, fuck. I mean, uh, Bernard, you're fucking going to get exiled. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, what's funny is that like, he's like, you're not taking enough Soma. 
Like he's, he's yeah. <laughs> Bernard, you're in trouble for not doing drugs. What? Um, or not fucking enough. He's like, you're not having enough sex, and you're not participating in the drugs enough. Your job yeah. is on the line. Time up. out in up. Iceland. <laughs> yeah, that's, what he, yeah, that's what he said. Iceland. He says, if you don't come back and fix your shit you're after the new week, after the, the New Mexico visit, you're gone. You're in Iceland, dude. We're shipping your ass off. <laughs> if you don't come back high, you're gone, dude. If you don't come back high and horny, <laughs> you're out of here. You're done with you. Um, so Bernard's like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. Um, and he even kind of mentions to himself that he finds like pride in his individualism. Like he, mm-hmm. he like, but he was super pumped. Like, fuck yeah, dude. yeah. Like, he, he was, like, he felt validated. He's like, fuck yeah. He's yeah. like, I, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a rebel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bernard. So uh, uh, if we go so on, we're going so- to the reservation. Uh, okay, so yeah, chapter seven, reservation, and Lenina starts throwing. A bitch fit. She has like the biggest conniption. She can't believe it. She literally hates everything. The minute they're there. So literally, as soon as the helicopter touches the ground, she starts bitching. He bitching. smells. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like, what is this smell? And it's like, girl, it's earth. Like, girl, what you, it's dirt. Dirt. Grass. This is what oxygen smells like. <laughs> B.O. I hate this. What smells so like corn chips? Oh my god! Um, so they, they, this guy take the, they have a tour guide. And he takes him on the tour, and okay, which Lennon's bitching. And he's giving him all this interesting stuff, and he goes, "These savages, they live like savages, and they have no, mm-hmm. no idea of the outside world." And they get to see a ceremonial rain dance, mm-hmm. and they're, it's, this, oh. it's just one of the Native Americans just like going at, and he's just, he's just like, ah, you know, and they meet John, who is a savage, but is white as fuck and speaks English and he speaks English and that blows Bernard's mind needless to say he's like what the hell what are you doing here this kid looks like he belongs in our society yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and so what we come to realize is not only and John kind of like introduces himself he's like how you doing my name's John he's really kind of flabbergasted by them he's like holy shit these people look like me what are they doing here too Um, (laughs) white people and then, uh, and then uh, he he has like a huge crush on Lenina. Like we've learned, like, he just automatic like love at first sight. Um, Which is crazy, doesn't she have? She has like purple eyes or something. Some like weird color eyes. Yeah, no, no, yeah. They I, she has she has well, she, she has lupus as well. Now that I think about it, might be part of the genetic mutation is that purple. like no one has like regular eye color anymore. Uh, so like because of the alcohol in it, it lightens their true, eyes. True. Just dropping a little somewhat knowledge on everybody. <laughs> um, but chapter eight, we go into like how John grew up on the reservation, and he also kind of had it rough like Bernard because he was an outcast. He's literally this white kid. Dropped yeah. him in the sat, you know, dropped him with the Native Americans, and they treated him like he was uh, crap. But another reason why too was because his mom Linda, who we who we learn is also living among them, was she was living beautiful. her she was living her world life in, in the savage in land. The, yeah, because, sleeping with everybody. Yeah, so that's the thing is everybody. Linda Linda got lost. Lost. Let's remember this. Yes, she got she was, lost. She was so lost. she got she lived among the savages. She had her kid. But the thing is, she only knew one thing, and that was to fuck and have fun. So mm-hmm. she's fucking all the Everyone. savages. And she's Everybody's be- husband. And she's beautiful. And she Everyone's she she anything partners. They, they live in monogamy. It's like- one long Maori episode of her <sighs> just, like, fucking everybody. So the that's she why gets- John gets hated on. Yeah, because the women, the woman actually beat, beat up. up. They jump, they jump uh, Linda's ass. Yeah. Yeah. They jump her. And they were like, you fucking whore, you bitch. And then John even tries to, like, step in, and they smack the shit out of him. Um, and so they, so because of that, the women tell her, their kids, don't play with that white kid because he's a son of a, he's a whore son. He, he doesn't belong with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
<clears throat> and then one thing too is I found interesting was Linda tells John not to call him mom. He hears everybody else on the reservation calling their mother's mom. Yeah. She says, "No, call me Linda," because Linda is still fucked still. up, saying, "I don't know, I, you know, I'm not this." And that that word, mom and dad, don't she, exist. She yeah. refused, even though she, well, he came out of her. She refused to believe that he did that. That that process even happened, which is so sad. Yeah, just mentally, just like as a kid. Your mom doesn't even address that she's your mom. Exactly. Or oh, doesn't God. want to be. Or doesn't want to be. Or just like she acknowledges you, but you're nothing more than just a person to her. Not, mm-hmm. you're not your son. Not her. You're, you're not, you know. And then, uh, and then doesn't John tell him like he had a father named Tomakin? And then Bernard's like, wait a minute, Linda? Looks, she seems like she's in the world state. Tomakin? Thomas? Director? Director Thomas? Like, he, he puts it together. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. John, he, he puts it together. John is the director and Linda's kid. Yeah. And then we also learn. Because remember how we said before, the society has wiped everything out. Yeah. Nobody knows how to read in the society because mm-hmm. reading causes thinking and thinking causes outlandish feelings and outlandish feeling causes instability. So no one knows how to fucking read. <laughs> John, however, they, they Linda uh, taught him, right? Yeah, because Linda had some scientific book and he read it and she taught him how to read it and he didn't like it. But then Pope, who is Linda's kind of like boyfriend gave him found him just threw a book at him <laughs> like literally just like here have this fucking book no, that was like game like the whole shakespeare collection yeah. it, was, it was literally like a collection of shakespeare yeah. and john read that and he fell in love with that like memorize it yeah so to him like shakespeare is is god at this point um and so what happens is and he hated pope because pope uh would literally have sex with his mom get her fucking drunk and because remember linda is mm-hmm. linda is a, is an addict in the purest form of the word. So Pope gives her fire water or he gives her yeah. liquor. Oh no, yeah. Actually, She's an alcoholic. He gives her he gives her an alcohol drink called Mezcal. Mezcal. Which is popping the fuck off right now. Yeah. Dude. And she's like, yeah. I, dude, <laughs> We just had that a couple weeks ago, didn't we? Let's get a bar, dude. Bitch. Mezcal is hot. It, it's, <laughs> it's a hot seller. <laughs> this is to a guy like, oh my god, dude, this dude called it. This dude called it. <laughs> so yeah, so it, I mean Oh, Pepe is Pepe is with it. Pepe is with it. Um, Pepe, <laughs> Pepe. Um, so his his he made his mom an alcoholic, and so John is pissed, and he reads Hamlet, and he realizes like I can kill my father, and he literally tries to kill like Pope is asleep. He tries to slit his throat. Pope grabs a knife, like grabs John, takes the knife out of his hand, laughs, and like yeah. pats him on the head, like <laughs> good try. You Next tried. time, you tried, man. Next time. Um, and then he starts, and then there's that moment with the girl that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a girl that he fell in love with in the village and there's like this ritual that the, the native boys go through to become men kind of like a Native American bar mitzvah mm-hmm. and uh, they have to do this and he gets excluded from it mm-hmm. um, the elders tell him no you can't yeah. you, you're not allowed to be you're not allowed to do this you're an outcast and that fucks with him so bad he literally goes off by himself and he 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 whips himself. himself he whips himself and he holds his arms out because he read like he believed in like how Christ suffered on the cross that's something he had to do yeah so he held his it says he went on the cliff and held his arms out for as long as he could so they were literally shaking in pain and to him that was his way of coping with his heartache which is stupid as fuck but i totally understand it from like an emotional standpoint because he has no nowhere he has he has no other way other than these romantic gestures because that's all he knows because of shakespeare yeah and then after telling him this hemhold or uh, bernard is like Dude, I totally get you. I'm also an outsider. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They discuss like Shakespeare, and then that's when the title of the book 
at the very end of this chapter is, is presented, Oh yeah. Brave New World. Oh Brave New World. Oh Brave New World. That has such people in it. Yeah, because Bernard That's... invites John, and John says that. that yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they, and I think Bernard also, like, I'm going to show the director What's what uh, what I found in New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, John, why don't you come back with us? And he's like, do I get to sit by Lennon on the plane? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, literally, I literally wrote I was like John no don't fall in love with Lenina John no stop you're gonna get your heart smashed she bro sucks. she's um, and then this uh, and then chapter 9 Bernard is like setting it up he's like I'm, he, he go he literally the next day he gets it she's like I'm gonna go over to the to the whoever's in charge of the reservation I'm gonna let him know I'm taking John with you yeah, yeah get because, him signed get him yeah, approved cause he's like John John is, doesn't belong here anyways and mm-hmm. neither does Linda he's gonna take Linda with him too um, and so the guy's like fine and this is uh, this this scene gets a little crazy for me for with with John because uh, John uh, gets Len, Le, Lenina by herself. Well, hold on. Before Lenina hates the reservation so much, <laughs> yeah. she just pops so much, so much. She in. goes on a summer she, vacation. She, she's on a bender. <laughs> They're calling. O, when you OD on Soma, it's a summer vacation. Yeah, they so don't. She was, <laughs> she was out for eighteen hours. Yeah, she. So she's she's unconscious. Um. Yeah. And then John pulls a Bill Cosby, and <laughs> he, in the he sneaks in. He like sees her, and like she moves and like exposes her breast, and he like reels back, and <laughs> like, he like blushes, and he's like, "Oh my god, I can't believe!" And he's like going through her clothes and like smelling her clothes, and um, then he hears like the fucking helicopters coming in. Well, I, he also like recites Romeo and Juliet to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to her, her I, unconscious he's, like, body, crawling, like sneaking up to her in bed, like I wrote, reciting Romeo and Juliet. I literally wrote, I was like, John resembles Tarzan, but hornier. <laughs> Exactly what I saw. And it got it got super rapey there because he's literally hovering over her, and then like he hears the helicopters, yeah. and he like bolts, like he breaks bolts. the window, and he like just takes off, and he's like, "What? I, I didn't do anything. What, yeah. what happened?" So they take off after that after that weird encounter. <laughs> um, so chapter ten, they make it back to, uh, to the homeland, to the homeland, the and they're all they're, they. The director's meeting them and everybody, and everybody's gathered around, and the director's like, "All right, Bernard, you had your shot. You don't seem like any different." <laughs> Your ass is out. You're out of here. You're and Bernard right. said, wait a second. I, I have, brought a present. I have one more card to play here, sir. He's like, say hello <laughs> to, to Linda. You. And Linda's like, oh my God. She's like, I remember that. <laughs> hey, like, hubby, what what's up? And like, oh, and by the way, you have a son. Motherfucker. And then John's just like staring at him like, I don't know who the fuck this guy is. Yeah, and then John <laughs> goes to like, his fucking feet. Yeah. Out. My father. <laughs> Poor kid. Dude, free. Poor and then, guy. And then, but he has then, so many emotions. The director oh. literally looks at John, looks at Linda, and bolts. Yeah, <laughs> He's gone. So now John literally has no parents. And then, he res- and then the director resigns, dude. <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. The director is like, you know what? I'm going to nice life. My question was, was the director made? Was he gen- genetically engineered? That's an interesting question. Probably... Yes, and then Linda obviously was. So how, did they, how did they? Have I, like I said, I think that goes back to. I don't think they make them infertile. I think that's why they pr- they promote safe sex. They promote birth control. They promote I condoms. They took out the ovaries. No, well they extra- they go through surgery later on. Mm-hmm. But I guess women still produce. And you John can, is. You can take out eggs, but they still make them. And John is the only one born that was born from this squirrel. And that's what makes John. As soon as he enters, that what makes it. That's what makes him such an entity. Is that. He's a weirdo. He's a sideshow at this point. Yeah. He's the only. He's literally a naturally born male in the society that looks just like everybody else, yeah. which is super crazy. And, and and everyone just like studies him and they find him like so interesting. So he kind of becomes like a, a hot celebrity for his like kinda. a mm-hmm. quick second, a um, public example. And uh, one thing too is funny is that uh, Linda missed Soma so much she like jumps right into bed. 
and <laughs> just like she's like hook me up with all the summer yeah. you fucking can so Linda's on a vacation Linda's on a vacation <laughs> Linda's gone so then because so chapter 11 Bernard is also enjoying celebrity status because like Bernard is the man that found the savage that's mm-hmm. the thing they start yeah. referring to John as the savage because that's kind of what, what he is, is to them and he John doesn't like that because John and he doesn't like the way society is he's like there's no, no romance Every, f- yeah f- everybody's like fucking nice to me the whole time Everybody feels one way about one thing. Insta, he like doesn't like insane. When he sees like yeah. the thousands of twins, he like freaks the fuck out. Oh god, yeah, he did not have a good reaction and to that. He refused to take Soma, so he like he hates he hates his world like on, like the first minute the minute he walks because in. he sees how fake it is. Yeah. it's not. Yeah, yeah. he like, he sees that they're completely controlled. Well, because then they controlled thoughts. They show him they show him part of society, and they take him to that school where they're teaching kids to laugh at like death. And like really grotesque yeah. things, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What? What the fuck are you doing?" He's like, "You're showing these kids these like really grisly things, and they're laughing at them. Like they don't." And that's the thing is, remember, negative feelings are bad. Yeah. Good feelings are good. So anything negative can be laughed at. Exactly. Death is funny. You know, someone you know loses their whole home in a fire. <laughs> well, I guess that's how the cookie crumbles then. Yeah. Because um, that's how they're just conditioned to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not allowed to feel any pain or discomfort. And. Uh, what we realize too is Lenina is starting to feel things for John. As that well. came out of nowhere. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think it's because I think what it is is he was so enamored with her. She's never had that before, and he's kind of like the realest dude that she. Probably he's literally the most romantic guy she's ever going to come never in contact with. But, but we kind of got a sense of it early on when when Lenina was. Was, was with Her- with Henry mm-hmm. Harry Henry who whatever. Harry Henry Henry, Henry. Oh, yeah I guess she was with she, him for a while yeah she has that tendency already in her and to have someone reciprocate that I feel like that would be like oh my god and not whoa. to make her sound like a hoe for but I also think she likes to fuck you know like that's her thing like yeah. she sees a good looking guy she wants to fuck him yeah totally mm-hmm. fine with that I mean but that's just not just her mind yeah. yeah. Um, so I think it's that too. Like she's like, I haven't had him yet. I wonder what it's like to be with a savage. Or like that, she's, he's kind of being like distant. So it's like getting her even. It's more one of those things. It's like if you treat her like she's not there, <laughs> she's gonna watch him more. Um, and then the they take him to a feely, which is actually a new way of movies where like you sit in a chair and everything that's on screen, you feel it, you smell it. Um, so like if someone gets shot, you know you feel it in your back. If someone like kisses or you lay in a bearskin rug right in the movie, you feel the bearskin rug all around you, which I thought is like super cool. Yeah. Um, but it's actually weird because the movie that they watch is about this guy, oh. and they call it this black man goes and he falls in love with a white woman, oh, and she refuses advances, so he attacks her, and then these two white alpha males show up and kill him. But she turns out she was. It's it's like this weird racist King Kong. Like it's a King Kong. It's like no, I'm serious. It's like, it's it like King Kong played out in human, human being form. Um, and I thought that was very interesting. And John didn't like it. John didn't enjoy it at all because um, he felt he related more to the to the black man than to the white guys. Because it's like he he was also an outcast, born and in, coming into this like weird world and falling in love with a girl and no one understood why. Um, so then after that, then in the tries to like pull some moves on him. He's like, mm-hmm. no. He's like, this isn't the way. This isn't the and way. She starts like seducing him. Right? Yeah, and she he's tries. Like, and as Ray, has, has, <laughs> something that Ray coined in the first time we recorded this was, it's not the Shakespeare way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not the Shakespeare way yeah. to fuck on the first date. You got to court her a little bit. You got to make her want it. And so he starts playing hard to get. The chapter twelve it goes on. Uh, people realize Bernard starting to realize that the only reason they like uh, him at all is because of John. Because something happened, isn't it? Where like 
Yeah, don't John and Hemholtz like have a little? Oh, that's right. Out? Yeah, because John meets yeah. Hemholtz, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then Bernard gets a little jealous. Yeah, because Hemholtz, because <laughs> Hemholtz actually, what we realize get too, along. as this goes on, is Bernard's kind of a little dick. Mm-hmm. He's he's not he's not as independent as we all thought. Mm-hmm. It's just that he wants he's because of his like kind of outcast uh, role in this whole society this whole time. He's developed this, but now that he's accepted, he loves it. Yeah. And the fact that he's not getting more of it, I think, is what's mm-hmm. pissing him off. Whereas yeah. Hemholtz and John are actually like the legit outcasts. Like they yeah. just they're wired differently. Well, Hemholtz was a writer, and then John is a reader. John, yeah. yeah. Ooh. So. Ooh. 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 So that's how they they, they yeah. It's like a puzzle piece. <laughs> it's a puzzle. <laughs> they found each other. They found each other. Uh, and that's why. And then and and, and uh, you know, John recites Shakespeare to Hemholtz, and Hemholtz loves it. He loves it, but yeah. he starts laughing. Yeah, because he's because he doesn't get it. Well, he starts laughing. Like, you said mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do. Do you guys dirty. realize that? They block out the word mother in here. Yeah. That was weird really? to me. Mm-hmm. They just lined it up. Just, it's M. M oh, yeah. Dash, dash, dash. M dash dash. That's hilarious. You're not allowed yeah. to see it. Um, so that, and so Bernard's getting a little bitchy, and then Lenina is like enamored with John, with John, and I think it's because. He's, I feel like he's more of an object or a prize well, to be won. Yeah, because it's one of the things, yeah. like, now she desires him. It's like, yeah. no man has ever refused to go to bed with me. Like, even, even Bernard slept with me on the first day. <laughs> And then there's this really funny part where like she's like not paying attention to what she's doing and like accidentally puts like too much alcohol or something like in one of the because she works at the fertility clinic and she puts too much alcohol mm-hmm. in one of the eggs and flash forwards like I think 30 years later where the dude like dies. <laughs> <laughs> so because of her negligence, this guy dies later on in his life. Uh, and then I think he he meets he meets the controller at some point because I wrote down the controller. He does, but after the after he denies Lenina. Mm-hmm. She, Lena goes crazy and like locks herself in the room. Oh yeah, and then she, as, she's after done. that, then that, then John books it because I think he gets a phone call of Linda his, in the hospital. His mom's no, uh, oh that's right, his mom's yeah. dying. That's right. Um, no, 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 that's not till later. No, no, that's, that's we're going on that. We're yeah. where are we are now. We're at fourteen. Thirteen. Yeah, that's 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 when it happens. That's right. That's right. Um, I my apologies. Uh, so, yeah. So basically, what happens is uh, she. Almost tries to rape John. Lenina does in a weird, in a weird well, yeah, way. She tries to have sex with him twice. The and first time, and she's like, she's she's stripping for him at this point. She's yeah. like, have me, and he's like, no, I, I don't. He calls her a whore. Dude. Yeah, he's like, you're you're. He calls her. He calls her. He slaps her. He slaps her. He calls her a whore. Which is Ray was all. I hate her, but he's like, dude, he calls her a whore, <laughs> and then she freaks out. And, but he slaps her. Yeah, and then yeah. he hits her, and she—that's what makes her go to the bathroom because she's like, she's never. That's this. If I'm, and if I'm not mistaken, this might have been the first time this happened to Lena, where she breaks out. She freaks out. She, I think she like has a little panic attack. Cries. She hasn't taken any soma yet. And she, taken any soma. She's feeling this. For she's the feeling first human time. emotion. And he's like, bang, he's like banging <laughs> yeah. the door. He's like, open the door, you goddamn whore. And yeah. then that's when he gets the call that uh, <laughs> Linda has died. And chapter fourteen. It's funny too. Like this. In the whole entire story, this is as real like and as human Linda has ever been. It's true. Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. And I think that's why I think she's not high. And, and I think it wasn't the fact. I mean, <laughs> John did hit her, which I was like, I didn't like that. But I, the fact that Lenina also, like you said, is not bitching about anything and she's not escaping. She's yeah. facing this head on. That was like, oh damn! Like this is. And she's never heard no. Sex-wise. <laughs> oh my god. She's never heard no. Do you no. realize how good I am? I've never heard no. Um, so, chapter 14, he goes to the hospital where they're keeping Linda. And um, I wrote down, this has been an, an emotional couple of hours for John. 
because uh, he literally had to deny the girl of his dream sex, slapped yeah. her, called her a hoe, and now his mom's died. I know. Um, yeah, but it's like collapsed. she's like OD'd on yeah, took, on all the drugs yeah, that took so much time. And it, oh my god! So you can say too much of a good thing. Well, it was weird that. too. Is like when he went to the hospital, he goes to the nurse too. He's like, oh, I'm here to see hope? my mother, and like the nurse is kind of like smirking. Oh, and because there was kids around, she's like, "What? Shut the fuck up!" She's like, yeah. "What are you doing? Stop! Stop! Don't say like, that!" She's like smirking, I'm like, oh, "Wait, what are you talking about? Kids, kids, don't don't mind them." Yeah, yeah. she gets mad at him. She's yeah. like, "How dare you?" <laughs> um, and, and then, then the, and then the kids that she said to like walk by when when John sees his mom, they're laughing. They're laughing. I'm like, why is she so fat and ugly? Yeah. It's like, oh, these kids are dead. <laughs> no <laughs> fucking chill from those kids. No um, But then what's very sad is like, as John's at a site, he's like, mom, like Linda, please. And she says, Pope. Yeah. Oh and my God. So the, literally to her last, poor fucking John, his parents don't want anything. His dad ditched. His mom refuses to call him. And on the last breath that she has, calls for the fucking dude that made her an alcoholic. Jesus. Like, that in got, front of her own son. That made me cry both times I read it. It's just so I, it's I just like, felt, but the way oh it was my written, God. I felt truly bad for John. Dude. Yeah, because it's literally, it says it's like, like Linda, Linda, no just, Linda just looks up and goes, looks at John dead in the eyes and says, Pope. Oh, and then pass and she's gone. Oh my God. Yeah. That just, that sucks. Like, oh, so, and that's when they start laughing. Like, and you know, they're, they're encouraging the children to laugh. Like, this woman died. Let's laugh. Like, it's funny, right? Um, and then and John then. is like, tell him, stop. He's like, everybody stop, stop, stop what you're doing. Stop doing this. Um, and the nurse is, and the nurse is like, stop deconditioning these children. You fucking asshole. Like let them yeah. laugh at this. So instead of like letting him grieve, he's fighting. The, you know, this is his way of grieving, like fighting them. So now he's decided. This now he's kind of just running crazy. I call yeah, him an he, emotional Hulk. Yeah. yeah like he's, he's hulked out at this point in time. Yeah. He just can't even tell anymore. So just... he starts yelling at the, he's like, you guys are, are, you guys are mindless sheep. He goes, you're, you're allowing yourself to be manipulated. Mm-hmm. And he starts, like, breaking the Soma stuff. He, yeah, he, like, trashes them like this he's, fucking... He's like, he's like, take this, and so... Soma slaves people, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fight the power, man! <laughs> and he just, he just tells them to fucking... Oh, God. To hate it. And so they get mad. To choose freedom. And they start fighting. Yeah. They, he starts a fucking brawl. Meanwhile, flashback, uh, Hemholtz and Bernard, they're just... They're, they're, like, they're like, I can't find him. I can't see him. <laughs> and then him holds they get a call and they say hey you're fucking savage is fucking you're, shit up you're, down you're, at you're savage, savage. Yeah, <laughs> you're savage being a savage to the truest yeah. form and so they they book it and they see him and, and you know they see John like yelling and fighting and him holds like a true bro doesn't even question he, he just jumps in let's go dude like, that was my favorite and like, <laughs> is like well I guess you know we're doing this so him holds gets in and Bernard like a fucking bitch is like uh no <laughs> get him yeah get him right there he's like wait I want to help. No, but no. it's bad. But my status, but I should help them. And then he's about to call the cops and the cops finally fucking they show come. up. He's like, oh, well, I was going to come, but you know, <laughs> shut up, Bernard. Um, cops come in Soma hot. Dude, yeah. Explain that shit. They, they, it's the anesthesia. They, and they play this like, I forget, it's like this calming music, but they call it like, put it level two so-and-so. Like there's like a certain degree of like how extreme, the, how relaxing mm-hmm. the music is. And like everyone, and they soak them in Soma and then everybody starts like, Laughing and kissing and hugging on each yeah. other, like uh, <laughs> orgy, 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 orgy. Fucking each other, like well, <laughs> stop fighting and start having sex. <laughs> Some of love, um, and then that's why. And then uh, the they get the news that the controller wants to see all three of them. Him yeah, they get reported mm-hmm. to the principal's office. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bernard to the principal's office. Off to Iceland. Yeah. Um, so this is what we were leading up to. This is chapter sixteen and seventeen. If it feels uh, like we've been kind of going through this fast, we've been doing this on purpose because these where it gets two real. chapters 
We're going to talk a lot about this. This is what Brave New World, what I thought the whole book was going to be about. <clears throat> Pretty much. Um, I think the stark contrast that I've found between, well, Catcher yeah. and uh, Brave New World is like, Catcher tried to be deep in a way. Yeah. And it had no lead up. It was literally just holding talking to you the fucking entire time. Whereas yeah. this was like, it gave you a story. Yeah, to be honest, Catcher Ryan didn't really have a climax. No. No. It didn't. It was just holding crying. Yeah, it cried. It was just this fucking <laughs> weak vacation of it depressing me. Dropping I out swear to God, it depressed me. Oh my God, it was, yeah. Um, but this one had a purpose and it gave you backstory as to what this purpose is. And why things are mm-hmm. made the way they are. Right. Because literally, the whole time while I'm reading it, and I'm sure you guys did too, mm. is. What is why is it why is all of this the way it is? What what caused these people? Dude, when I got to this chapter, like ah, finally. Yeah, I was like, damn. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because I didn't expect it, and then as like you pass like the first paragraphs, and as the controller starts explaining shit, you're like, oh, oh, fuck. Uh, mm-hmm. um, so this is this is where questions get raised. Yes. So basically, what happens is the controller is like, look, like you guys were. I'm not. I'm not mad at you guys for what you did. What you did was completely fine. Mm-hmm. But I am going to move you guys to Cyprus. And they're like, why? Why Cyprus? And, oh, because John's like, I don't fucking understand what you're doing. He's like, you're not letting these people live. Yeah. yeah. And the controller's like, well, that's interesting. He goes, because we've tried letting people live before. He goes, and then um, what they realized, and then something happened to where people started dropping anthrax bombs on other countries. They started attacking people with full-out anthrax bombs. And what these people, what the controllers, the first controllers decided to do was use the science to control the population mm-hmm. because rather than use it for evil and manipulating and for own individual gain they decided to use it as a whole to control society to unite the people and to keep everybody safe and you know john and so he's and john's like well then shouldn't that be up to to to, to uh whoever it is and says so like shouldn't that be up to the individual whether or not and the controller's is like well we had an experiment in cyprus the island of cyprus he said we had 200 alpha males and we left them to their own devices, mm-hmm. without Soma, without everything. We engineered them, but we didn't tell them what to think. He said, literally within a couple of months, there was infighting. Civil war. There was civil war. There was government uprising to where who all the alphas left. 19,000 out of 22,000 22, were died. killed. Yeah. So the two, the two thousand, the 3,000 remaining alphas were like, can you guys, so they, they could ask controllers to step in. So the controllers were like, we only set up just like a preliminary kind of thing. Now, just they are, everybody lives in peace. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. what they what they deem is peace. Yeah, what that's they what exactly. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> so so now, and that's what he's explaining is like you see, man up to up to his own devices cannot be trusted. Yeah. Um, individuality causes terrible things to happen in the eyes of the controller. You know, and that's what he says. You know, like and then um, he tells them that he they choose happiness. Over beauty. Over truth and beauty. Over truth and beauty. Because John's like, why don't you introduce them to Othello? Yeah. And, and he's, I have a quote here. It's like, because beautiful things such as literature last. Mm-hmm. So he's like, dude, he doesn't want people to like carry these emotions because mm-hmm. they feel like in the end it'll just bring them down. Well, because like you look says, at John, you look at John who's yeah. read Shakespeare his whole life. And then, yeah, and he was just like, people would understand Shakespeare. These things don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Because our world is not the same as Othello's world. You can make flivers without steel, and you can't make tragedies without social instability. The world's stable. People are happy. They get what they want, and they never want what they can't get. Which, I mean, good. it's great. That's a great quote. That's a strong quote. Because mm-hmm. basically what that means is, like, the world is basic, and we like it. There's no depth yeah. to society. This is, yeah. 
before before Ray got here, Josh and I were talking about again, <laughs> again. <laughs> side chats without Ray. So another trivia for this podcast is Ray's late. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess. I'm a spit take. <laughs> oh God, please don't. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Lauren. Um, I'm not. I'm just not. Before we, before I get into what my 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 relatable. Yeah. Should we Should we finish this and then go to what? Well, I, I, I mean, I of? think we should. As far as chapter sixteen goes, I think sixteen and seventeen we're going to be pretty much talking together. But it's two different things they compare. Like this one is science, and then mm-hmm. the next one's yeah. religion. So well, we'll, we'll stay with science. Yeah, let's stay with the science part. Um, but as far as like science goes, um, because it, it talks about how literature and science can't live mm-hmm. together is what the controller is pretty much saying. And 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 it's like like Lauren said in that quote is people can't understand Othello. They can't understand Romeo and Juliet. Fuck it, they can't and even... And then uh, most of Shakespeare's stories are sad. So, and then the whole point of this is happiness, and why we bring people down with these with these literatures. Well, yeah. Yeah, with, with tragedy comes some sort of passion or love prior to the tragedy. That's what makes it tragic. Yeah. So, they they can't understand... <laughs> they, thanks, thanks, Ray! Thank you, Ray. Thanks, like, man! Like, dude, dude. dude, that was great! <laughs> that was great, <laughs> man! Thanks! <laughs> anyway, sorry, Lord. Sorry. Yeah, no, 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 you guys are fine, but... It, they they're not able to under, understand love, so they can't understand tragedy. There's there it's it's a constant complacency that's that when they're too complacent, they take drugs to make them elated, mm-hmm. and then they come back down to complacency. And I think that's that's proof in John because mm-hmm. love is a great thing; it's a real thing, but it can also cause people to do uh, irrational things. Uh, mm-hmm. John literally hit Lenina. John was yelling at Lenina, and he had all this emotion. He he fucking started breaking someone because he loved his mom so much, but she denied him at the last time. Mm-hmm. It hurt him so bad, he started causing a riot. Mm-hmm. So the whole point that the controller was trying to make is like, he literally could have said, John, look what you did in the last like 15 hours. Yeah. Like, now multiply that by 20,000. That is what's going to cause our people problems, and mm-hmm. we can't have that. We can't have this passion. We can't have the chance that somebody's going to take that and use it for their own their own purpose, you know, and I and I think that's what yeah, and then that's the whole point of the social stability, like Mark of the world's day is like struggles and overpowering emotions have to be sacrificed in order to have that stability. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what he's talking to John about right now. Exactly. Um, and so they go on to chapter. That's enough for the science. Um, so chapter seventeen, the second so, of the one. Oh, wait, 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 Hey, bring it on! Bring it on! So, so Bernard is like groveling at oh, at his feet. He's he's groveling at his feet. He's like, please don't send me. It was all their fault. Like we find out his truest form is the worst. He has this he has the smallest balls on the planet. Well it's the alcohol. It's yeah. John asks uh the controller, like, dude, so if you want to make a perfect world, then why why these different casts? Why not just make everyone alphas? Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. And then he said, in order to be happy, there has to be lower class. Society doesn't work without it. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, right. that's because how they get into the, the alphas. Thing is because the alphas well, trying to do demeaning work, and they lost. Yeah. they lost their cool. They could be like, "What the fuck? Why am I working?" It's like I'm better than this. Exactly. Made, so then that mm-hmm. again caused uh, like off. unions to form and unions and strikes, and mm-hmm. that's what you know, kind of what happens in society now. Yeah. And then, um, it's just, and you can't make a world without 
any of these things that controller took out. You can't make a world without religion, without family, without yeah, without emotion, science, without science. Yeah, yeah, you can't. And uh, where am I going with this? <laughs> I just. What do you guys think happiness is? Because obviously, um, to to the controller, he thinks he he thinks. To me, it seems like to be alone, to not having family, to not having mothers or fathers. That makes you happy because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, at some point in your life, that will bring you down, or family will bring you down, or religion will bring you down. A religion saying you do something a certain way. Yeah, it's, this is kind of I think going at the end of chapter sixteen, 16 going 17. into seventeen is where Bernard freaks out takes and he so takes us. Yeah, yeah, they they, they, they take it. They subdue him. <laughs> they give him drugs, knock him up, take him out, and he's and and the controller's like. No, what he does, he thinks this is bad for him, but what he doesn't realize is we're sending him to an island full of people just like him. Individual thinkers. Yeah, we're sending we, we're sending you guys off to this place because you are not able to acclimate or be conditioned to this lifestyle. Yeah. And, and the controller is exactly like these three men, which is crazy. And John asks him, so, so why aren't you off with independent thinkers? Like us. And he's like, well, I was. And then I realized that I didn't want that anymore. He's like, I'd rather be here helping people obtain this sense of controlled happiness mm. than live in a life where my happiness could fluctuate up and down. I could be in control of other people or I could could be independent. It, it was... It was very, very yeah. bizarre. And, he, and then he talks about we're we're like slowly transitioning to seventeen here, mm-hmm. but uh, Mon continues to tell John. It's kind of where I was touching base on where where I lost track a little bit. <laughs> Mon argues that in order to be stable and happy, one must sacrifice feelings, passion, commitments, relationships, and that that's the reason why the people in the world state don't have fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, or children, or even lovers. So I mean, to any to produce any emotion, you have wait. So in order to be happy, you have to get rid of all that stuff. Yeah, you have to strive. You have to strive to be un- mm-hmm. basically unhappy, and mm-hmm. without those things, people feel unhappy, and that's why they they pop those somas. And I think mm-hmm. if they feel any kind of like, I guess, lonely or distant, that's when the controls like, okay, well, there's that's what somas for. Yeah, yeah. And I think happiness is such a loose term because it's going back to what Bernard said. Like he goes. I want to be happy in my own way. Yeah. Not how everybody else sees it. Yeah. That he's the labeled happiness. Yeah. The labeled it's happiness. It's labeled and I think, happiness. I think what they're... He wants to redefine. Advertising in this society is the most basic form of happiness ever, which is if you look at like the hierarchy of needs, it's like just sex, food, yeah. and just a good time. There's no depth to it. And I mm-hmm. think what makes happiness great is the appreciation of where you're at. Uh, yeah. because one cannot be truly happy until, you know, you can't love something that you have without being without it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, these people don't understand that you can be happy, but there's so much depth to happiness that with, you know, and I think that's what John's arguing. He goes, these people don't even know why they're happy. They don't. They don't know mm-hmm. anything because they don't know anything other than happiness. And they're not even happy. They just think they are. That, that's, yeah. that's just their state of mind. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. the thing. And so John's like, you're not allowing these people to experience other things so they can appreciate or to find the happiness in their lives about it, or to find yeah. it to find happiness on their own it's such a shallow just yeah. definition yeah the and uh, and to say the, like to say like happy or to say all this stuff relations emotions family brings down happiness or makes you unhappy is bullshit oh yeah completely yeah 
And the the very end of chapter sixteen is when John confronts him, and he's like, "Well, you didn't end up you didn't end up going to this island." And the controller's like, "That's how I paid by choosing to serve happiness other people's, not mine. Mm. It's lucky." He thinks that he got lucky. Um, it it's just he lives a closeted life as this independent thinker. Like, yeah, he, life. Yeah, he mm. lives this closeted life, and it's and it's refreshing for him even because he asked Hemholtz he's like so where do you want to go and and he says I should like a thoroughly bad climate I believe one could write better if the climate were bad if there are a lot of wind and storms he says I like your spirit Mr. Watson I like it very much indeed as much as I officially disapprove of it but that's only because Hemholtz is choosing to live that independent right. life. He's not afraid of it mm-hmm. like the like the controller was. He's yeah. like, good for you. Good for fucking you. Go to that island and mm-hmm. write your shit. Yeah. yeah. And that's why I think Hemholtz is, that's why we said Hemholtz is probably more like John than uh, fucking Bernard. Mm-hmm. Bernard Because yeah. Hemholtz is a real, he, he understands. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of because he wrote Kind of because he was a writer, yeah. and I think it's because he was realizing, like, he was, I can write something so much better than this, I just don't know what to write. First reading, I thought something. Bernard was the one that was, like, more For sure. human, yeah. but now re-going re through this, like, definitely, Hemmel Bernard would just have questions, he still stuck to, like, his ways of the world, yeah. and Hemmels was more of a free free writer, free thinker. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think it's, like I said, I think, I think the only reason why uh, Bernard felt the way he did was because he was an outcast in his own society, but he really wanted to be treated like an alpha. He yeah. just wasn't. And so that made him feel like an individual. He really is. He's really not an individual. That fool just wants all the fucking fame and glory uh, mm-hmm. that being an alpha has. Um, Chapter 17. So we Chapter move on. Chapter 17. This, the, we're, getting, we're getting way deeper into this. Um, this focuses on how the controllers decided to also get rid of religion because along with happiness and along with love comes religion. And Mon argues, I wrote this down, Mon argues that because of aging and because of sickness that's the real reason um and loss death. yeah that god is needed whereas in the modern world because now they control the medicine they control mm-hmm. who dies they control how long these people live religion isn't needed they don't need it to feel a certain way they don't need it to like give that comfort of what's going to happen in the afterlife after they die because everything that they need is right now and then after that that's it they just become they, they die they die they just get burned up i think that you know, they kind of say, like, Soma, Soma is a religion. Yeah, I have that quote here. Yeah. It says, by, by accident, something negative occurs. Soma is there to take away to take away uh, the sting. Soma is Christianity without tears. God. Such a good quote. Yeah, I mean... But yeah, if, if everything's genetically engineered, and basically the control is seen as God, because he's the one that's putting making these humans, mm-hmm. and there, there really is no point for religion or God in this world. No. Uh, but... There's a sense, um, Mustafa, I can't remember what page this was on. And so, oh, yeah, 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 Uh, page 234. So John is like, then you think there is no God? After he explains the purpose for not having one and how it keeps everything stable. And he's like, no, I think there quite possibly is one. Mm -hmm. Well, doesn't he say God? He said God God is in the absence. He goes, God exists in the absence of God. Yeah, well, he meant, um, he says... Uh, then why? And he says because he he manifests himself in different ways to different men. Mm-hmm. In pre-modern times, manifested himself as the being that's described in the Bible. 
and and now he manifests himself as an absence as though he weren't there at all and then he yeah. john's like well that's your fault and then he says no call it the fault of fault of civilization it's god true. isn't compatible with machinery and yeah. scientific medicine you have to make a choice Ugh, what do you that's guys like, think about that's very current yeah that's very current for sure there yeah yep yeah, okay what are you gonna say ray it's weird. I don't know. It's, it's kind of because I was raised Catholic, so I, I was raised like, oh, God's watching. God's looking after you. Yeah, yeah. And in a sense, I think God helps people. If you can believe in God, you, you, you believe in God, you don't. But I feel like God has a purpose on people controlling whether what's right or wrong. Oh, for sure. Because, you know, you might not believe in it and you might have a slight belief in God. And mm-hmm. I believe God just has a power to, like, control it. Not control, just we. that's what makes people if they want to do something bad or not. And I, I feel like in a world without God, it would create chaos. Well, that's why... Like, people people don't know what's wrong or what's right. Well, that's why there's a quote that the controller tells them that the gods are just, no doubt, but their code of law is dictated in the last resort by the people who organize society. Providence takes its cue from men. Mm-hmm. So whatever we define God as now was not how they defined it thousands of years ago. was not how they defined it, mm-hmm. the people before them defined God. Yeah. Um, and not how they define God uh, in this future is that, and that brings up the nature versus uh, nurture argument is the the controller says people are conditioned to believe in God, which is kind of true in a way because if you think about it, especially here in America, God has become so syn- like synonymous with our culture. Like you don't even have to go to church to know who Jesus is exactly. mm-hmm. or who Moses is. You don't have they're basic Bible stories. I've already you already know without even picking up the Bible, without even going to a service. Um, you know, people know who yeah. Jesus is, and um, because, of, but it makes you wonder. Like, okay, let's say all that was gone. Mm-hmm. Who, what would take precedence over that? What would fill in that void of not knowing what this God is, or what that? Yeah. What we still acknowledge? Oh, yeah. A would people, power? would majority people, still be good, or would they just be bad? You know, you just like. Well, I think I think the morality comes in a different spot. I just think what that that litmus test will be judged on. Like, exactly. because what they, morality is the Bible, right? Yeah. Like that's what they consider the ultimate morality. But without that, without that gone, what do we have left? You know? So, and it, cause I know too, like, you know, um, growing up, I was, I was, I was a raised Christian, very religious. And, um, you know, reading it, I do remember in history, was it during the dark ages where no one could read. The only people that could read were the priests conveniently. And that the <laughs> priests would sometimes manipulate the Bible and preach it to the people. Yeah. To tie, you know, to get money, and that's what the whole Martin Luther, uh, the ninety nine that he stapled to the door. That was the whole point of that was he was you guys are manipulating these people to believe in the God that you want to serve, and yeah. then we've just taken that and expanded it to literally the whole fucking world at this point. <laughs> um, so, and that's and I think that's what the controller is trying to say is like that way no one can get manipulated by anything anymore or feel certain ways because now there's wars about religion and there's there's negative like feelings toward other religion and there's hatred that is taught in those certain religions let's just by getting rid of that causes more stability in the society yeah um and i think that's i can see his side of it mm-hmm. but also again it takes away the ability get, for people to feel yeah you get the controller but at the same time dude it doesn't work no no and I that's mean, what i'm saying it's, you create a whole world to prove that it doesn't work and he, he's probably blinded by it. he thinks it's the best solution but it's the best solution because it's worked so far, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then so they get someone like they get an outlier like John who actually takes, and so they get rid of him. Yeah, um, so it works because they don't know. Like John's coming in like open minded, like yo, this sucks. Yeah, these people don't realize what that you're brainwashing them. I want this place makes them happy. You know, he's probably better off on the reservation. Yeah, 
And like he was basically John was taught himself. He was raised by. I don't know. It was like I don't even think he was on the reservation because he was considered an outcast on the reservation. Mm-hmm. Sure. He didn't. Even, he wasn't even wanted back home. This dude has no home. Yeah. You know, and this kind of in a way makes him the Christ figure. That he was an outcast. I guess. In in both worlds, you know, that no one really not that they didn't take him seriously, but he wasn't wanted. They didn't appreciate him, and then the controller's trying to get rid of him because of the truth he's preaching. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. in a, ironically, in a way, this is you know. The religious argument is like manifested within John of the truth and the feeling behind certain things um, causing the instability. And that's why, you know, that's what he said. The individuality that also religion represents has to be gone. Yeah. Because if a, if a person doesn't feel a part of a community, that's where they start losing him. Because one of the quotes that Hemholtz writes in the propaganda is, if a person feels the community, re- and when the individual feels the community reels, so it's like once that person, that's why Soma is introduced, because once that person has negative feelings, there's a possibility that he's going to knock everybody off their fucking yeah. game. Anybody have anything else to say about that? Uh, yeah, and then ending this chapter, John just basically, after all like that BS that Control says, John's like, well, dude, I, w- I want God, poetry, real danger, freedom, goodness, and sin. And then. Uh, oh, he goes, I claim it. Yeah, and then, and then none, he goes, and the Mon replies, like, well, you wish to leave, live a unhappy life. Yeah, it was like you get syphilis, you get the, you get the, you get yeah, the, your wishes you get all lead, that. Your wishes lead to unhappiness. And then John goes, "I claim it. I claim all of it." Yeah. And oh, but one thing I want to do is like, because John asks, like, "What about passion? What about all this anger that people feel?" And what they do too to control people is they um, purposely drain all their adrenaline. Like they mm-hmm. stimulate their adrenal glands. Like once a month, everybody has to go through it. Is they have to get their fucking Rage adrenal gland. Yeah, and in a controlled environment, they let the adrenaline rush. And they're good to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way, that they don't have to feel all that pent up. It's crazy that Mon doesn't realize or have anything that this, his whole world's a lie. Well, that's all he knows, like, or that's all he's. Taught. I, they never touch on his background. Like, where this? That's what I'm saying. From? I mean, maybe he's just a company man. Maybe he doesn't believe in all of that. But because he's part of this thing, he's just like, you know what? I have to go with it. This is my job. I guess you know because I think. For well, some- yeah, I guess that's what the rules are. The controls are is to just control the peace and. Stability yeah. and yeah. life. And, and they really don't do anything until like somebody like John or Hemholtz comes down and they kind of say So then, everything. yeah, the controller, I guess, our current days, God to these people, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Um, <sighs> so that was that. Did we lose you guys? Are you guys still with us on that one? I yeah. lost myself, dude. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we've lost Ray. Anybody, anybody He's needs... in chapter 17, still groveling. <laughs> Brains of, what Ray, a sign. Still trying to figure out what happiness is. Fucking Ray's cracking all these charts and notes and stuff. And um, No, so anyway, so after that, chapter 17 ends, and this is the last chapter of the book, and John's like, and so the, the controller's like, okay, well, you know what, I'm going to give you a choice. You can live here, or you can go to Cyprus. And John's like, you know what, I'm doing either. I'm going to live outside the city. And so the controller's like, well, I can't stop you, but good luck. Um, so he... Uh, he escapes. He escapes, and he kind of camps out. He literally yeah. camps out outside of, like, the bubble of what, of what the world is. Yeah. And, he, and of course, he knows how to hunt and fish because of what he learned from the Indians back mm-hmm. on the reservation. And um, what, what he does now is he starts whipping himself again because he feels so much anger, and he thinks about Lenin, and he thinks about what happened with the controller. He gets angry. He's repenting. He's, that's his form of Soma. Mm-hmm. In a way, to repress his feelings or acting out, he's whipping himself so he can feel it more and he can kind of like just get over it. Yeah. But then what happens is these people from the society, these like betas, are passing by and they see him whipping himself 
And because they've been trained to find that hilarious and entertaining, they start laughing. Start laughing. And he gets mad. He kicks their ass. Like, he literally kicks yeah. them in the ass. He says, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? This is mine. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So then he continues doing it. And it's like a couple of months. And then this Feely director, like, stalks him out in the woods and, like, films him doing this, right? And he's filming him. And he's, like, and he makes a whole movie about him that is... is it, yeah, it's on live right? Yeah, well, like, it's, it's, it's like the Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, like, everybody in the fucking world sees this movie and loves the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. And they all go to the lighthouse and they're like, whip yourself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like he's like a sideshow at this Jeez. point, and yeah. the, this is like the cherry on top. Right? Yeah, and John's like, "Fuck this!" Like John can't get one ounce of like just privacy. He yeah. gets so pissed, and Lena, and then Lena comes out. She's like, "John, come back!" And he like starts like whipping at her. He's like, "Get the fuck yeah. away from me!" So John's gone crazy, and then it ends. These two people come up. They they want to check on him, and uh, they enter the lighthouse, and John has hung himself. Mm-hmm. He couldn't take it. And the way why live a life alive? The way it ends yeah. is just so brutal, but so beautifully. It's just like his feet swing north, northeast, east, southeast, and swings back east, northeast. North. And it's, that's how it ends. And it's like oh, f- yeah. like I can hear like the, yeah, yeah, definitely in the in the. Uh, and he just I don't even see like his upper body. Just see his feet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys. And that is a brave new world and it was brave of you to stick with us for so long um yeah this is one of those books that like i i read this in high school Mm -hmm. and i I read it freshman year of college i think college for me well yeah your high school's a little advanced i mean i don't want to brag it was ap english (laughs) for when i was a junior i'm just gonna believe that um so shout out to miss shans um (laughs) oh you know what i might have read this my senior year Ah, okay. Well, now you're just trying to one-up me. Uh, uh, well, I wasn't, kidding, I wasn't totally, a junior. Totally I was kidding, a senior. Totally I was uh, a senior. No, but I, <laughs> I didn't... I don't think I could appreciate this book then as much as I do now, because I was still like a sheltered little junior high school yeah. punk, you know? Yeah. And now that I've... I've it's been years since then. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a while. Um, and now, you know, living the life that I've lived and having gone through what I've gone through, it's like now I can fully understand and appreciate and able to, like, kind of pull from this book, like, all the depth that it represents. To, and to make it a little bit more relatable to such a, like, to the millennial generation, Josh and I were talking about this before we started. I went and saw... Uh, what do you call it? Avengers Infinity Avengers Infinity War. So if you guys, yeah, like if you guys have not seen it yet, spoiler alert. alert. That's what the word, the words I I was looking for. Spoiler alert. Um, it, it so reminded me of Thanos trying to, to take over the world's population and restore happiness. And he, he, he was saying the world is just too populated and full of these vices and, and, and people and, scavenging for and people, resources. yeah, and people like going hungry and and not like not knowing who like religion is like bringing people together. He's like, we need to eliminate and restore, and it's it, it just so paralleled to this book in a weird way. But I mean, it's it's kind of like the process that's going on in the world now, like. If you think about it for a while, China had uh, a rule about... Killing the, uh, the females. Or 
killing the females and the one child law. Oh yeah, well, the one child law is really also, yeah. The, like, yeah. In order to have more than one kid, you have to have like a college degree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a farmer, you can only have one kid and it had to be a male. If you had a female, you, you, you have to euthanize it. You have to kill it. Well, I don't. I don't know if if you had if you had to euthanize it. If it was a female, they just didn't prefer females because mm, they weren't as a, able to work. Yeah. On the farm. Well, also because they could get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing. That was their way mm-hmm. of like most of most of the the rural population. They they wanted men to be able to work on yeah. a farm, um, and to carry on their family name. But it's like in Avengers: Infinity War. If you if you see that and and read this book, it's the parallel is very very strange. And and we we're talking about the character Vision. Um, being a robot that was that was created that ended up like having this yeah like ended up having this this love for for a person and being given this this gift one of the infinity uh, stones the soul stone and and ending up sacrificing his life because he loved he, he, he loved he loved and needed to save save the world. It just it, it was so so vision. Yeah. I don't know anything about any of that. I no, mean, it yeah. makes sense. When Lauren dropped that, when Lauren dropped that bottle, I was like, Fuck. I never would have put Brave New World and Avengers together. No, <laughs> yeah. I was like, does that make him holds like Star Lord? Star Lord. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Or Bernard Bernard's just fucking up everything. Oh um, man. No, yeah. but yeah, I mean that. Yeah, this book is it's a great book. It's definitely it's it's a nice refresher from the from Capture and the Rye, I think, cuz there was more there's a lot more honest depth to it. Definitely. And this definitely influenced every, like cinema, movies, well, yeah, science this, fiction. This is kind of, you know, um there, we're talking about cinema like I This is a movie. Brave New World. Is it? Oh, it's a TV movie. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything like Hollywood full still. Fledged, but I think the closest thing is probably um, fucking uh, Blade Runner. It's probably I was the just going to say that. Dude, Every I time love, reading this, I was I just love going back. And we all know Ray's a huge fan <laughs> of Blade Runner. Yeah, just because the whole movie is replicates. It's clones. The same as this. Yeah. Like, the person who wrote that movie, Ryan Scott, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he definitely... I wouldn't be surprised if this book influenced him, right? Yeah. It's, uh, Aldous Huxley is definitely considered the godfather of uh, science fiction because of this book. Uh, and honestly, we didn't even touch all like the science and stuff behind it. But if you're into that kind of stuff, read this mm-hmm. book. It's actually free online at Huxley.net. Oh no shit! Yeah, uh, you can read it if if you're listening to this and like, oh, I'll give it a try. You can definitely read it without going to the library. But go to the library; it's fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah. at the end of the podcast, as always, we like to rate the book on a scale of one to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, the scale is in, in relevance of a certain type of aspect of the book that we've read. So we're going to be using Soma. Of course. Soma. Soma. So, on a scale of one gram to ten grams of Soma, how do you rate this book? Who's going first? Ray. I'll go first. All right. Ray. Uh, this book was definitely a little tough read at first. I ignored it in college. <laughs> <laughs> I read it, and it, this book definitely made me think. Uh, I read it pretty quickly. The last two chapters, I, I question a lot, and because of that, and just the influence this has, and... In a sense, it is reality. Like, are we going this direction? Like, is you know, I, I definitely question everything for sure. And I'm, I think I rate books higher. I always, I always rate them higher than you too. Uh, but I'll go, uh, I'll go eight somas. Eight, eight somas. Almost a summer vacation. Almost a summer vacation. <laughs> Lord, I, I, uh, I normally rate lower you than do. you guys, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna, it's not about that. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna, 
just rate it. Just rate what you feel. And um, I'm feeling pretty good about it. So I'm going to rate it 8.5 somas. 8.5 somas. That's your highest rating. That's my highest rating, y'all. My highest rating. She said seven on Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. We're not doing Game of Thrones. on the last two books. Yeah. I think one of them got a 6.5. Mm-hmm. You never went above Sorry. seven. She's, she's big on the decimal points. <laughs> I love the decimal points, you guys. She's the Dewey Decimal System. I am the Dewey Decimal. Lauren Dewey and the Dewey Decimal System. Not related. Uh, uh, Josh? Uh, me, I'm going to have to give it... It's pretty high. Uh, like Ray, I also read this and did not appreciate it, but Fifth Time is the Charm. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I think it's it's a great... It, it makes me feel smart reading this book because it's, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where it's like... It brings so much relevance to like mm-hmm. how you can philosophically debate how things are nowadays. Like Ray said, um, yeah, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a pretty high rating, nine somas. I uh, love it. I'm okay. I'm great with that. It, I'm it's, great with it's that. It's great. And like I said, I appreciated it more the second time I read it. Like mm-hmm. Lauren said, just because I was able to soak up so much more. Because the science at first is so abrasive. And hits you so hard in the brain that you're like, what am I even worried? Yeah, what is, this, is this worth is this the it? The whole book? Yeah, <laughs> I was like, God to damn, be honest, it. I had no idea. Like, and oh god, you know what? I didn't even think about this. <laughs> Ray, <laughs> oh, sorry, I totally knocked Ray in the arm, really <laughs> gently. And then like, I said, Alpha Ray. <laughs> it was very what did you gentle. It's killing me. It's killing me. All of these, all of the quotes that they used in the book can kind of be paralleled to characters, like the Romeo and Juliet could be. Could be paralleled to John and Lenina. Because yes. they're two lovers that cannot, they cannot be. They can't be. They can't. Because so they live think... two different worlds. And they could even be um, well, the, director, the director and Linda. Two worlds that can never happen. Like, he abandoned her and left her. Well, I mean, Romeo didn't ever happen. But, well, Romeo, but anyway. So, yeah, because John killed himself first, like Romeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Lenina, I, I don't know. Well, yeah, actually... Yeah. Romeo killed himself first. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Juliet, but I was like, so then, so in chapter twenty, Lenina yeah. kills herself. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. <laughs> we just we we totally just made that up. <laughs> we totally just made that. that up. That might be far fetched, but also go read Shakespeare because it's important. Yes, I think that's what we all got. So, that being said. Um, Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Uh, you can hit us on everything, really. You can email us for any questions. Because especially on a book like this, we it's really important that we hear from you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's fun. Because I think this kind of book um, definitely calls for a lot of discussion. Definitely calls for a lot of Definitely questions. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And I mean, I know, like Ray said, you know, you question yourself reading it. You're yeah. like, what the, how do I, where do I, you know, you ask yourself, where are you yeah, stand? <laughs> Huh? <laughs> Ray is still stuck in chapter 16 and 17. Ray, put the book down. Ray. <laughs> uh, we can't find him. So, yeah, so if you have any questions, you have any comments, you guys want to talk to us about a certain thing, especially for the in between the pages episode, which is a lot of fun to record, um, it definitely gives me a lot more to talk about on those if you guys do hit me up. So, email us at notyourmomsbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's notyourmomsbookclubpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Facebook. Look us up under the Not Your Moms Book Club podcast. And same on Instagram and on Twitter. We are at Not Your Mom's Book. That is at Not Your Mom's Book. Hit us up on there. Be sure to uh, subscribe to this on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Um, and leave us uh, reviews and ratings on that as well. It really helps us in the long run. And uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Catching the Rye hit 100 lit plays faster than Ready Player One. Which is awesome because that means that we are getting you People guys. Are listening. You guys are coming back. Which is you super like us. You really like <laughs> us. Really <laughs> up in this bitch. Um, but 
but thank you guys so much. Keep this going. Spread it out as much as you can. Spread this like herpes. Um, Not, but but safe sex. But don't don't spread herpes. Use condoms. Use use this as like your auditory herpes. Uh, the next book that we're gonna read. So excited! Is the Handmaid's Tale. Woo-hoo! That's right. We're out of one in one dystopian society to the next. Um, if you haven't seen the if you haven't seen the show on Hulu, it is intense. It's so good. It is yeah. I I can't Lauren fin- Lauren's like caught up. I haven't finished it because I can't watch shit like that. Like it it bums me out so much and it's so heavy. Um, but we're gonna be reading that next. Uh, I am stoked and scared at the same time. Do you guys have anything else you want to add or, or say before we cut no. this out? I'm really excited yeah. to, to move on to a nice. female-centric story yeah, with a female, female author. author. Uh, we're gonna try to do more of that too. We're trying to keep it gender neutral. We're gonna keep doing as much as keep it balanced. Uh, I'm also very glad recording in the morning. We usually record at night. Oh, oh thank yeah. God! This is good. You can feel that the sun is out. Let's let's get another rest it. of the day. Yeah. All right. We should go to bed after this. <laughs> Long, long home. Uh, Thank you guys so much. We love you. Stay classy and keep reading, bookworms.